Greetings and welcome to another Different Church Podcast. My name is Jarrett, and I hope you are having an awesome day. I'm recording this on a Sunday night. I'm in my little studio, and my dog just sat down behind me. If we're friends online or in real life, you know who I'm talking about. It's my boy, Blue. Everybody listening at home, Blue says hi. <laughs> uh, today was a really good day at church. Hannah did an awesome job just kind of chatting with us today. She said next week is going to be more like a, you know, sermon, preachy kind of thing. Uh, this week was more of just like checking in. Um, one of the things we like to talk about a lot at Different is mental health. And that's kind of what today was, was just talking about anxiety, um, how we can take better care of ourselves, how we can care for those around us better. And it was really great. The music and band, the, the band was awesome. And then the the set list just really went well with what Hannah was talking about. So it was a killer day. Um, I don't really have a lot of announcements to tell you about. We're getting ready to roll into the holiday season, so I'll have some stuff to tell you soon. But for now, just go to diff.church and hit us up. Let us know what's going on in your life. We would love to pray with you about anything that's going on, whether it's something difficult you're facing or something really cool. Uh, so go to diff.church and connect with us. You can sign up for our mailing list there. That would be awesome. We can become mailing list buddies. <laughs> okay, that's it. Let's jump into today's service, which we are calling Anxious Schmanxious. Is it like, I don't even know what time it is. Let's see, 10.51. I was going to say, is it like 11? It feels like 11. I went to bed at 11 last night because my brother got married, which is very exciting. I officially have a sister, which I've never had before. She's very cool. Um, her name is Sarah. If you have kids, you probably know her because she volunteers in the nursery sometimes. And I'm tired. <laughs> uh, but I have had caffeine. And, you know, maybe I'm not just tired because of that. I feel like, you know, it's been a week. Y'all agree? It's been a week? Uh, a week in a year. <laughs> uh, and when I pulled out the passage for this week in the lectionary, it was just like, here's a selection of passages that you can preach from at your convenience on this Sunday. And I actually laughed out loud, but not like a funny laugh, like a, <laughs> you've got to be kidding me kind of a laugh. Uh, because this is the verse for the day, and I'm going to read it to you out of the message translation because I think it captures it perfectly. This is the verse that popped up for this week. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let your petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Are you kidding me? This week, that's the verse that shows up? Don't fret or worry. Never mind the fact that everyone in America seems to be imploding this week. Certainly if you go online, it seems like that. Um, <laughs> I literally pulled up this verse on like Monday and I was like, all right, I'm not going to look at that today. And then on Tuesday, I pulled it up and I was like, I have nothing positive to say. And then on Wednesday, I, was, I looked at it and I was like, I really need to write a sermon <laughs> because Sunday's coming. And then I was like, mm, no. And I scrolled on Instagram and then I found something that I'll share with you later that was like perfect. And I was like, okay, I guess I can do this. I actually really like following a plan of like set verses. Sometimes I go off script, 
but I think it's healthy to write sermons about things I don't want to write about. It's good creative writing exercise. And also, you know, God's involved. So you just know at the beginning when I was sitting down to write the sermon, I was kind of bitter about it. I was like, this is not fair. I don't like this verse. I don't want to talk about it. Don't fret or worry because literally I feel like that's all I'm doing. And also, clearly, this writer has no idea what they're talking about. What do you mean, don't fret or worry? He must not have had anything to worry about. Like, don't you know, there's an election on. Uh, in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a recession, in the middle of a bunch of racism, and on, to top that all off, all these global things, the chestnut praline latte from Starbucks is only gonna be around for like seven more weeks. And that may not be a big deal to you. I'm not a pumpkin spice latte person. I'm a chestnut praline latte, and it's available for even less time. <sighs> Although, you know, the writer of this was Paul. He did have a few things to worry about, some of which were like, while he was going around preaching about Jesus, he had his life threatened multiple times. He was um, beaten, jailed, stoned, whipped, um, he escaped a few times from towns where he was about to get arrested. And then um, he finally did get arrested and got put on a ship to go to Rome. And then the ship shipwrecked. And then the island that he washed up on, he got bit by a snake. So follow Jesus. You too could get shipwrecked and bitten by a snake <laughs> and end up in jail. So he pretty much constantly had things to worry about. And this is what he wrote. Don't fret or worry. And actually, he wrote these words while in jail. So maybe we can give him this one. But I still don't think he could have ever imagined that 2,000 years later we'd be reading these words in the situation that we're in right now. So I don't know. How are we going to do this? <laughs> uh, I think we're just going to have a little chat today. And if you want to hear me get my preach on, we'll just come back next week, OK? We're going to have a little chat, and we're going to be honest. And the first honesty is, I went and was like, Bleh, as soon as I saw this Bible verse to write the, <laughs> but I might as well title this whole thing, How Not to Give Up. That's what we're going to talk about today. Because I feel like for some of us, maybe most of us, like this is a point we've reached in 2020 where we're just like, what is the point? I'm tired of all of this. It's all crap. There's some other words we could use if we're being really honest. So, like, a few things. Have you guys heard anybody say this this year? It's the worst it's ever been. Yeah. I've heard, like, so many people say this. And part of me wants to be like, yeah, it is the worst it's ever been. It is not. Okay? It's just, it's not. We've never been divided like this. We've never been at this place in our history before. The world is going to hell in a handbasket. I actually haven't heard anyone say that last one. Um, and all I have to say to that is it's patently not true <laughs> that this is the worst that it's ever been. Like, it's not even the worst it's ever been in our country as far as division. Like, I, I don't know if you paid attention in high school, but there was a literal civil war about 150 years ago where people were actually killing each other because they did not agree. <laughs> so we're not doing that, thankfully. Nobody is doing that. Um, we are at a pretty terrible place in our history, I think. But, you know, if you know anything about history, on the whole, you'll know that history is a narrative of terrible things <laughs> that have happened. Like, for example, in our country alone, 
we start with a war for independence, right? And then we had a civil war, and then just in the last hundred years, we have gone through two world wars, two world wars, a different pandemic, a Great Depression, a Cold War, and a bunch of other smaller wars, <laughs> and scandals, and economic depressions, and all kinds of stuff. Like my grandfather fought in World War II, and then he came home, and lucky for him, he got to live through Vietnam and the Cold War in 9-11. I'm sure he was just so happy about that. <laughs> like, world history, if you just take like a glance at world history, you could, I mean, things have been pretty bad in the past. Like 500 years ago, this thing called the Spanish Inquisition started, where they literally tortured people and pulled their limbs off for not believing the same way that the church slash government wanted them to believe. I mean, there was like the Black Plague and famine and... Human history, just a lovely, positive tale all around from the beginning. So when someone says it's the worst it's ever been, just know that it could be so much worse. And aren't you glad that you came to church so I can make you so depressed? <laughs> so one of the ways that people approach this verse, and I have heard sermons on this verse before, which is part of the reason I was like, when it popped up, is preachers take it and they're just like, don't be anxious, just pray about it. As if you can just sprinkle some magic words on stuff and make it so happy in your soul. <laughs> and for one, I think that that actually dismisses the very real concerns that people have. Um, like, just because it's not the worst that it's ever been does not mean that we don't have legitimate concerns and there aren't things that are actually worrying us and making this difficult. So, like, we're worried about the political climate. We're worried about the economy. We're worried about our jobs. We're worried, like, how are we going to get our kids to learn anything <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic? Or, like, we're worried about our health and the health of people that we love. And, like, beyond all of those things, we have, like, smaller, specific worries. Like, what is Thanksgiving going to look like? Like, am I even going to see my family? I don't know. Like, I am worried specifically about having a baby in the middle of corona. <laughs> like... I had a great plan. And you know, they say you don't, don't make a bunch of plans because it's not going to go that way. But you know, my plan did include having my mom with me. That's not allowed. So I can take one person with me. Obviously, it's going to be Josiah because he did this to me. And <laughs> so I'm going to yell at him. <laughs> but so he's allowed to come. But like, you know, I wanted to take like the classes that you take. No, they're all canceled. You can't take them. Um, I wanted to like have a nice experience. No, you just get to be alone. And if he so much as leaves to go get food, not allowed back in. So delightful. So excited to have this happen. Like, so I'm a little worried. Like, I'm worried. You're worried. We're all worried together. And just on top of all of these specific worries, the icing on the cake is general vague anxiety that no one can seem to get rid of. Just anxiety about the world. So what are we supposed to do about it? Like how are we supposed to live or exist? Apparently, we're supposed to pray about it. This is part one of how not to give up. We talked about last week about saying a few magic words. Um, and I think that that's how we treat prayer a lot, as if prayer is just like manifesting things into the universe. Or maybe we're just asking God to fix stuff. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't work. Depends. I feel like the roadblock we run into with prayer is that we will pray. Sometimes we'll pray a lot. Sometimes we only pray like twice. And we, or like, God, 
do this one thing for me. And then either it doesn't happen, so we're like, it's clearly not working. Or it doesn't happen the way we wanted it to. Or even worse, we actually get what we're asking for, and it's terrible. <laughs> Have you ever really, really wanted something, and then you got it, and you were like, this was a bad idea? So bad. I once prayed, I was like, God, I really need this specific job opportunity. And mind you, I was already like working full-time and in school full-time, but I was like, I need to be teaching these classes. And then I got it, and I was like, wow, I should not have prayed for that. I am so stressed out. I have never been more stressed out in my life. I'm not sleeping. I can't keep up with anything. And my husband had to do all the cooking and cleaning <laughs> for like an entire semester because I literally went to work, came home, taught, classes, and then worked on church stuff, and then went to sleep, and then started it over for like three months straight. This is why I love the message translation of these verses, because it's just this beautiful description of how prayer and how we communication with God can actually help us through difficult things. It's not just asking God for a list of stuff. It says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. It doesn't say, don't be worried. It says, instead of worrying, pray. Let your petitions and praises shape your worries that you definitely have into prayers. Let God know your concerns. And before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness and everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. That is just the most beautiful description of prayer. Like, why does prayer work this way? One of the reasons, psychologically, is because adults process information verbally. When we're trying to work something out, we talk. Even if you're not a talker, like, for example, have you ever, maybe you've been this person or you know this person, they don't talk about anything, but then you give them a little couple beers and then they talk your ear off. Why? Because the filter has been removed and instantly our brains are like, I need to process information. Let me talk through this. Like all adults process information verbally. We have to get it out in order to take it back in and understand it. This is part of how our brains are designed. This is part of why counseling works so well, specifically talk therapy, because it gives us this opportunity to work through painful situations in a space that is safe so that our mind can become open to possibilities of resolution. And prayer gives our brains this same space with the added bonus of actually talking to God. So it can take on many forms. Like sometimes when I pray, I'm like a little kid. And I, God is my parent who loves me unconditionally and will always be there for me, no matter what I'm saying. Sometimes when I pray, God is like a really dear friend who will listen to me rant and rave, no matter how grouchy or petty I am being at the time. Sometimes when I pray, God is just God, and I am overwhelmed with thankfulness and gratefulness and the magnitude of who God is. Sometimes when we pray, we need advice. Sometimes when we pray, we need just someone to listen to us. Sometimes we just need to focus on something beyond ourselves. Sometimes we need to pray for other people. When we're feeling overwhelmed or anxious, Communicating with God intentionally can have the best results. When we do it intentionally, not just as a, like a knee-jerk reaction, 
But when we actually set aside time to communicate with God, who is a person who is special to us, before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness will come and settle you down. A sense of everything working together for good will come and settle you down because God can work everything together for good. That's in the Bible too. All things work together for good. It doesn't say all things are good. (laughs) It says all things work together for good so that when God is weaving everything together like a tapestry, we're too close. We're like, no, (laughs) can't see it. It's all black to me. Everything's terrible. And you step back and you see what a beautiful thing it can become. And like, I think of this in terms of when I am upset or I've had a bad day or I'm just being really grouchy, which lately I feel like I've been extra grouchy because somebody is not letting me sleep. The first thing I want to do is talk about it with my husband. Why? Because I love him and he deserves to know all of the things I'm grouchy about. <laughs> just what a blessing for me to put that on him. But I will tell you, I can come home and be like, can I just complain for a minute? And he'll be like, yes, absolutely. And then I complain for a minute and I feel better. Before you know it, a sense of calm will come and settle you down. We all have somebody that we can talk to. And we have an extra somebody because we have God. Wholeness is what we're aiming for. Completeness, oneness contentment. There's no English word that encompasses all of that, but there's a Hebrew word, and it's shalom. And normally that's translated as peace, but that doesn't go nearly far enough. It's not the absence of conflict. It's a peace that means completeness and goodness in our souls that spreads out to every part of our being and affects everything we do. And prayer is one way that we get there. Another way is by getting together with people and sharing the load. (laughs) Specifically, people of faith. Like, if you're feeling some kind of way, (laughs) if you had a hard week, share the load. It won't be as heavy if you let someone else carry a corner for you. Um, If you've had a great week, share the lightness, share the happiness, share the excitement, because the energy will lift you up too. Like, we are communal animals. We are built for relationship with each other. We have to do this together. We are terrible by ourselves. All the crazy theology comes from people doing theology by themselves. All the crazy ideas about people and politics and relationships, it comes from people who are in a vacuum and don't have anyone else to interact with. Another intentional practice you can use is something called container, which was taught to me by my counselor last year. So basically, just go with me. You can imagine all of your anxieties and all of your worries as specific items. It can be any item, any kind of small item that you could pick up. So for me, it was marbles. And then, in your mind, you imagine a container. And then you imagine yourself picking up the items and putting it in the container and put the lid on. And this gives your brain a space to put the worry and contain it so that it doesn't just run around and wreak havoc in your brain. I know it sounds ridiculous. Like, why would this? My counselor was like, you should try this exercise called container. And my first instinct was like, that's so dumb. (laughs) But I was willing to try anything because I couldn't sleep and I would wake up in the night like panicking and I couldn't 
handle what was going on in my life. And I was like, fine, I'll give it a try. It works. I don't know why it works. Our brains are just wired this way, apparently. It is perhaps the most valuable tool I have in managing my anxiety. Like if I get really anxious about something, I can do this for like two minutes, feel way better. In fact, the first time I did it, because there's no right or wrong way, like you could imagine a flower jar to put something in, you could imagine a shipping container, it doesn't matter, any kind of container. And I imagined marbles and like this glass jar. And I couldn't, like in my brain, in my brain, I'm, I'm in control of this exercise, mind you, I couldn't make myself pick up the marbles. <laughs> like every time I picked them up, they would just escape and run all over the room. And I'm like, this is, this is my scenario. <laughs> How is this not working that I can't make myself, my own brain, in my own imagination, pick up the things that I'm imagining? So I had to imagine myself with a broom, like pushing them into a corner. And the whole time I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> this cannot be how therapy works. Well, it is how therapy worked. <laughs> and it worked wonderfully. And it's a very powerful tool. So. I highly recommend. Something else you can do is what I call let go of the rope. When you're spiraling into anything, right, like anxiety, depression, intrusive thoughts, overthinking things, if you're feeling emotionally flooded for any reason, let go of the rope. Like, this can be something you imagine as well. Like, if you're playing tug of war, not playing. If you're in a tug of war and there's like, I don't know, an anxiety monster on the other end or a rage monster or a depression monster, like you can see this in little kids when they start raging and they're just like, <sighs> and they're, you can see it. Adults, you generally can't see it. And if you do, people are like, oh no, <laughs> please put that away. You can imagine this happening in your mind. Just because there's something on the other end yanking you around does not mean you have to let it. Let go of the rope. It can exist without doing damage. You can be angry without hurting other people. You can be anxious without it affecting every part of your life. You can be sad. All of those are okay without it ruining your whole day. Let go of the rope. It might still be there, but it won't be dragging you around. And the last thing I recommend for how not to give up is celebration. Like, keep rejoicing. Just because things are hard doesn't mean there's nothing good going on in your life. Like, yeah, it's been a weird year, but my brother got married last night to someone that he loves so much, and they have a beautiful family, and they have a beautiful daughter, and now I have an extra, <laughs> I have a sister-in-law, in my life and it's wonderful and like even the tiniest things like I got the best the best latte from Kawa this morning it was so it wasn't just good at the first sip it was good every sip I've had like an hour of drinking that that just filled my cup pun intended <laughs> Celebrate the big things or the small things or literally anything that brings you joy and makes you happy and fills you up. Celebrate it. Participate in it. Just because stuff is going on in your life does not mean you don't get to have joy. You can have both. You can be sad and still have moments of joy. You can be joyful and still have moments of sadness. 
when we're faced with all of life's difficulties or sometimes even just life's triviality, we're people of faith. We can count on God's nearness to us. We can count on our nearness to each other. And this is a source of great joy. And so I'm going to read you a poem, which is what I saw on Instagram when I was like, I don't want to write this sermon. And I was just scrolling. And there's a poet on Instagram called Tanya Ingram. And she posted this this week, and I saw it on Wednesday. And the title of it was How Not to Give Up. And I read it, and I was like, oh, yeah. Maybe we all need to hear this a little bit. Maybe I need to hear it. So this is what it says. How not to give up. Wait one more day. Wait one more second to surprise yourself. Put on your favorite outfit and bet on the fight of your heart. Bet on your resilience in every way that you are doing better than you think you are. Fold your body into a sadness and be okay with not knowing what to do. Run into the ocean of figuring it out, the long river of doubt, and then release it. You are not the hurt that people call you. You are not the hurt you call yourself. Find a corner and dance in it. Return to social media when you're ready. Watch the news if you need to. Turn off the news if you need to. Owe yourself that first 10 minutes of sunrise and literally count the blessings. The first blessing is that you are still here. Praise the small things. Reread the greeting cards. Find the love notes. Search through all the Polaroids. Find the one where your smile is the best thing about you. You are approaching, friend, to a better day than this. Hold on. Let's pray. God, it's wonderful how honest we could be with you and with each other. It's wonderful that we have a space where we can be as grouchy and as petty as we want. And you don't turn away. You see us fully. And yet you invite us to a great ocean of figuring it out. Every day, every moment, with every person that we come into contact with. We are not our anxieties or our fears or our worries or our sadness or our overwhelm. We are beautiful creatures who are created to be resilient, who are created to be strong, who are created to be together. Remind us this week that we are approaching a better day than this and give us the strength to hold on. Amen.